Hello, and welcome to the Objective Health Show. I am your host, Doug. Uh, with me in our virtual studio are Erica, Elliot, and Tiff. Hello. Hi. And in the background, we have, as usual, manning the, I'm not allowed to say wheels of steel, the ones and twos, Damien. <laughs> so today we are doing another In the News show, um, just because the news is coming at us hard and fast lately. So we are going to talk about uh, Pfizer vaccine injury data. We are going to talk about the latest about masks. Soccer. And we are going to talk about post-pandemic stress disorder. Very scary disorder that's affecting us all. But maybe we'll start off with the Pfizer vaccine injury data. So a couple of weeks back, I guess it was, maybe two, uh, we mentioned on the show that Pfizer was weaseling their way into releasing their data very slowly about their uh, vaccine injury data from their, their trials. And so that, that it was going to be released over the course of, what was it, like 55 years or something like that? Just ridiculous. Yeah. So they have been releasing it, or the first drop has dropped. And that data already looks really bad. So... Um, they're releasing the f they're they're releasing 500 pages per month, and there's a total of 329,000 pages. So yeah, 55 years. There you go. Um, and this was all because of uh, scientists actually suing for the da data because they said that they were going to be very open about it, and the scientists said, "Okay, we'll put your money where your mouth is. Where's the where's the data that you promised us?" and they were like, oh, yeah, well, we'll release it really, really slowly. So anyway, um, in total, Pfizer discloses the existence of 42,086 adverse event case reports containing 158,893 total events. That includes 1,227 deaths. Uh, 25,957 of the events were classified as nervous system disorders. So, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, looking at uh, an article that was on Blaze Media um, from author Daniel Horowitz called Pfizer Vaccine Injury Data Ordered Released by Judge Shows Shocking Risk Levels. And he just points out here that, uh, you know, anybody who thinks that the VAERS database is over-reporting deaths. Well, this is information coming straight from Pfizer's vaccine trials. So we yeah, so know- this doesn't include any of the VAERS stuff no, at all? nothing. No, this is yeah. specifically from their trials. So this doesn't include anybody just out in the public who wasn't involved in a vaccine trial. This just mm -hmm. includes people who were in the trial. So, yeah, and I mean, this was like, uh, yeah. Anyway, just to say that this looks really bad, and this is the data, keep in mind, that the FDA accepted the vaccine for. You know, they, this is the data they looked at and said, okay, let's, um, let's, uh, let's, let's roll this vaccine out. Let's put it into emergency use authorization. So it's pretty shocking. I mean, you know, more often, like, you, you just would expect that. Everything leading up to this, anytime there were any deaths from a vaccine, and it was a minimal number, you know, it's like if, if there was a 10 deaths from a vaccine or something, they'd be like, okay, off the market, 
we got to figure this out. This isn't working. Yeah, so now, that happened with the swine flu vaccine. Exactly. What was it? 56 deaths. Yeah, 56 deaths. 56. And pulled from the market. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're talking about 1,227 deaths. And I mean, that's just deaths. That's like 42,086 adverse event case reports containing 158,893 total events. Now, mind you, they don't state what the events are. I mean, some of them might be kind of minor, but still, that's a lot of events, you know? Well, I'm actually looking at this 38-page document from Pfizer, and it's listing the events reported. So there's blood and lymphatic disorders, cardiac, gastrointestinal, general disorders, uh, infections, injury, uh, musculoskeletal and connective tissue disorders, nervous system disorders, respiratory, thoracic and mediastinal disorders, skin and subcutaneous tissue disorders, just to name a few. And then they go through like all the risks that were, well, all the events that were reported from pregnant and breastfeeding women so pretty much anything that you can think of uh they saw it in their trial data and they released it anyway yeah essentially to prevent a cold or flu yes for your safety sickness yeah okay for your safety just wanted to get that straight (laughs) yeah this is how we stay safe now (laughs) yeah um He goes on in the article a little bit and says, consider the fact that researchers from the University of Hong Kong bluntly concluded there is a significant increase in the risk of acute myocarditis, pericarditis, following comirnaty vaccination among Chinese male adolescents, especially after the second dose. So, I mean, none of this is actually surprising, right? You know, that Pfizer is, or sorry, the FDA is releasing this information. Um... No, sorry. What is surprising is that they're releasing the information, but the information itself isn't surprising. I mean, we've been talking about adverse events of these vaccines like for what months, uh, year, over a year. I don't even know mm-hmm. now. They all blur together. All the days blur together. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, the actual the actual data itself is not actually surprising to anybody who's been paying attention. But you just have to look at it in the context of this is what they used to get approval from the FDA. This is the information that the FDA looked at and said, yep, this looks good. Let's give this to everybody. It's pretty crazy. Meanwhile, the FDA goes after people, you know, vitamin supplements on the regular, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty consistent with uh, with the stuff that's that's come out of theirs and the other uh, agencies, video access, uh, et cetera. Um, the 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 sheer level of of uh, adverse events which is being caused by these vaccines it's it's not all that much different to kind of what we were seeing and and what they had uh, shared was just from the month of February alone so it is clear and the FDA did know and they do know they are aware um, that that these vaccines are causing significant adverse events i think the the main issue is is not ha- how how often it's happened because we all already had a, a rough idea of how often they occur the issue is is that the fda themselves would um they would not have allowed any other drug with this level of adverse events frequency and severity to go onto the market that's it's just it's just the case they would not allow other drugs to to you know to to 
to be available to the public. And although, you or know, at the very least, they would recall it. Yeah. <laughs> or put yeah. a black box warning. Yeah. On it. Yeah, there, there would be there would be something like that that involved. And, and what's again, it's, it's just kind of demonstrating how hot, how odd this whole situation is, is that this vaccine has not had any of these 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 measures taken against it. And it seems as though, um, you know, it was never a secret that it was going to cause like massive amounts of death and, and long term health conditions for people that that was no um and and it was still allowed and it's still kind of being forced and and they're trying to mandate mandate that so yeah it's it's quite bizarre the other thing is too with the the like these things are showing up um in the mainstream right like especially with all the athletes that are kind of collapsing on the field um Mm -hmm. we talked about that in a previous show as well uh it's it's kind of like they're still trying to hold up this facade that there's nothing going on here, that there's nothing wrong. You know, they keep on saying every time an athlete collapses, they're like, oh, yeah, it's unrelated to the vaccine. It's, uh, you know, oh, you know, these things, they just they happen sometimes, you know. Yeah, the, the, these guys, uh, uh, the life of an athlete, you know, they're really hard on their bodies. And it's like you all you have to do is look at that stuff and look at this information. And it's you put two and two together. It's not hard. But they're still managing to segregate this information in such a way that people aren't waking up to it on mass somehow. And denying reality around them. Yeah. In the process. Maybe that's the whole point. They want to create their own reality and suck everybody that they can into it and then leave the other people out. And eventually the world will split in two. (laughs) (laughs) Or they're just, you know, they're just practicing eugenics. I know that sounds crazy and I'll apply my tinfoil hat here, but, uh, you know, to have such a horrid track record and to continue on at such a vehement pace, you know, I mean, you all in Europe are seeing it like we're seeing it here in the U.S. It's subsiding a little bit because uh, lawyers are fighting back about the mandates and OSHA requirements, asking employers to be liable if they mandate the vaccine and their their employees get sick. But it just seems like so morbid and evil, almost intentional in the sense. Not almost. (laughs) Well, you know, I don't want to sound like a crazy person, but it just really, I mean. I think at this point, it's hard to kind deny, of tiptoeing really. around the issues, just pretty pointless. <laughs> and it's not a laughing matter, but it's serious. And, it's absurd, you know, though, and it still yeah. makes me laugh for some sick reason. I don't know <laughs> if it's just me, but this is just so retarded to me. I can't believe it's happening every day I wake up and I'm like, Oh, this is still happening. Yeah. You're just stressed, Tiffany. (laughs) Well, maybe we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. So should we move on to masks? Why don't we talk about masks? Oh, they're great. I wear them all the time. Yeah. (laughs) We all do. I'm trying to adjust to my reality. Right. Yeah. There was... The fact that it continues to go on after yeah. we know Fauci lied about it. I mean, granted, not everyone's going to see that Fauci lied about it, but still. And so the go fact on. That still, I, I... Uh, 
there's still research journals coming out talking about how masks are bad. I mean, duh. <laughs> yeah. It is it is ridiculous at this point. It's ridiculous <laughs> that it's been so thoroughly debunked that they that that masks are useless. And at the same time, you've got these petty tyrants out there insisting yeah. that everybody wear a mask, that you have to wear a mask. And people will virtue signal about their masks and they will chastise you for not wearing a mask because you're putting them in danger. And it's like, you may as well have a Kleenex in front of your face because it's not doing anything. But anyway, there was an article in Just the News. Researchers shoot holes in study touted for confirming masks work in curbing COVID. And basically it's talking about how, so there was a study that was put out um, that had a large study population. 342,126 adults. Um, and they it was done in Bangladesh, and they did it in uh, a place where it's like where there was mandatory masking, and they compared a control group where there was no mandatory masking. And they came out with, um, I guess it was just a summary of the article or something like that that they came out with before. Maybe it was the full scientific article, but it didn't include the data, the raw data. Um, and they basically came to the conclusion that, oh yeah, masks work. They work. And now they've just released the data accompanying that. And people have been looking through it and going, well, not really. What is the difference again? Um, oh yeah, okay. So in the total study population was 342,126 adults. 1,106 people in the controlled group tested positive compared to 1,086 in the treatment group. Let me say those numbers again because they're a little bit, uh, they were coming kind of fast. So in the control group, 1,106 people tested positive compared to the treatment group, so those who were masked, 1,086. That is a difference, if your math is not so quick, of 20 people. 20 people. So out of their study group of 342,126 adults, the difference between the control control group and the mask group was 20 people. And based on that, they've said, clearly, masks work. They just got to keep it all going, you know, till the end of time. <laughs> yeah, and the, I mean, the total study population was upwards of 300,000, right? So, so with the total number of people that they're studying, um, originally when they, I mean, when they originally published the paper is interesting because it had to be retracted and changed because, you know, it was a buzz, um, when, when it first was sent for preprint before it was peer reviewed mm. and there were headlines and whatnot, it was being used as evidence to prove that kind of vaccines worked but the ironic thing is is that it was kind of retracted and then they had to publish the raw data and everything and uh, bring in new numbers and you know when you're dealing with a population of 300,000 people and there's 1,000 and then like 1,020 or whatever there's a 20 number difference I mean it's basically purely st statistically insignificant it means yeah. basically nothing right <laughs> right. I mean, that it basically be means chance. that masks don't work. <laughs> yeah, 
that's pretty much it. I mean, you're basically looking at the same number there. 20 people could be any any number of uh, other reasons for that that level of variance. So yeah, statistically insignificant. Yeah. But nonetheless, when the preprint did come out, uh, it didn't stop the media from, you know, touting this largest study ever on masks showing how effective masks are. And everybody, you know, screaming from the hilltops that masks work, making all those uh, pro-maskers rejoice and celebrate with their masks on. Yeah, you had some in the car by themselves. <laughs> well, we were walking really, uh... outside by themselves. Sorry. <laughs> no, indeed, there's there's lots of people who, who kind of rejoiced in in that, and I think it makes them kind of feel safe to wear masks, even when they're by themselves. Some people who wear masks in bed, right, when they're in the shower, when That's they're in the unbelievable. bath. There's there's lots of people who do that, but uh, there was there was some pretty prominent academics. There was one. His name's Dr. Jason Averluck. He's a professor at Yale University or a researcher at Yale, which is a pretty uh, well-known establishment in the US. And um, he had originally suggested in March 2020 that federal or state governments should immediately find people if they do not wear masks in public, right? Um and he is one of the um, researchers who's also published. Um, he's published evidence for um, supposedly in support of wearing masks. But again, the uh, the 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 data has been um, has been criticised. Has been kind of picked apart by many kind of. Uh, individual scientists or research analysts um and the overall consensus i think among many at this point is that i mean there's there's really no there's no there's no solid evidence that masks do do anything to to prevent viral infection like at all um and that is i mean really it doesn't take a scientist to be able to 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 know that if you just buy a box of masks yeah. All you need to do is buy a box of masks and look on the side of the box. And on the side of the box, what does it say? It says this does not protect against viral infection. In fact, there's boxes, surgical masks, other kinds of masks, which say specifically this does not protect against COVID. That's what they say. That's what the manufacturer of the masks says <laughs> truth in advertising do you, do you need the thing is do you need to be a scientist to be able to read the box honestly that's that's yeah. what it's come to yeah well apparently it requires something more than the average human on this planet right now possesses to be able to discern that wearing a cloth over your face doesn't stop you from catching things. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever well, that something is, I'd say that at least 50% of humanity doesn't have that. Uh, <clears throat> an IQ above 40. <laughs> So there was another article in the Daily Skeptic called Masks Have Made No Meaningful Difference to Delta. 
Oxford professor. And all we really need to pull up for this one is the graph, which is at the top. So maybe you can pull that up, Damien. It's, uh, that's the one. I don't know if you can make it out there, but basically it's a, a, a graph. Um, the red line is England, the blue line is Scotland. Um, and it's proportion of people who received a PCR test in the previous seven days who had at least one positive result. And they show there, you can see there's like kind of a big peak at the beginning, and then there's a, uh, a large trough, and then another peak. And what they show is that the masks are no longer mandated in England at that point. And things basically stay about the same after that. So when they were taking a look at the data, um, comparing England to Scotland, which is a pretty good uh, comparison because they're both in the same sort of geographical location, um, similar populations, similar in culture. Um, England, who didn't have a mask mandate, did not fare any worse than Scotland, who did have one. Did I get that right? Yeah, masks no longer mm -hmm. mandated in England. So England didn't have the mask mandate, and Scotland did. So even from like a study like this, you know, where they're not, uh, it's kind of just an epidemiological study. It's not actually, um, um, there's no test group, uh, control group or anything like that. Uh, but even from this, you can see that there's no difference between the two. It's like whether the population is masked or not masked, you're basically seeing the same thing. Is it true that they're no longer uh, mandating masks in England? Is that true? Like, uh, you know, to ride on public transportation and whatnot? Do you, do you folks know? Because it seems in the U.S. it's becoming, like we were joking about earlier, you know, kind of like a, a thing for people to virtue signal, right? You know, uh, depending on the state you're in. And, you know, obviously I get with like elderly people over 70, you know, they're, they're feeling like they need a little added protection. But it really, it's, it really has become a statement. It's like wearing a red shirt as opposed to a blue shirt or whatnot. Mm -hmm. so it just seems to be very, like, it's almost like it doesn't even matter anymore to people when they know that they don't work. It's like, I'm going to continue to st support this statement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. Yeah. And these people who support wearing masks, I like, they don't even seem serious in their behavior. Like their masks are dirty. They're <laughs> hanging off their face, not even covering up their nose. They don't wash them every day. The what they believe and what they do just seems to contradict each other. Yeah. It's almost like a fashion statement for kids. I see kids wearing them all the time. Whereas when I was a kid, Criminal. I, that would be what I would not do. You know, it's like my parents are telling me to wear this mask. Therefore, I'm not going to wear it. Like the second I step out of the house, it's coming off. I see kids mm -hmm. all over the place wearing them. I think it's a, a fashion I see little kids wearing it. And I just, it, it makes me very upset because... Uh, you know, don't deprive your child from oxygen for my safety, you know, because that's <laughs> yeah. kind of, well, it's, it's, you know, it's for everyone else because they can't get the vet. Well, now they can get the vaccine, but it, it just, it's, it makes me angry. And it, it's, I wonder if that's part of it too, like the emotional um, reactions, whether pro or con, you know, and they say in the article, hygiene theater is shown to be pointless. Like that's, it's, we're literally living in theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and finally, why don't we talk about this 
horrible, horrible disorder that is, um, you know, making its way across the world almost as fast as COVID is, and that is post-pandemic stress disorder. And we've talked in past shows about all the ridiculous things that the media is coming out with saying that will cause heart attacks and how it seems like a blatant ploy to cover up the fact that the vaccinations are causing heart problems. It was, what were the ones we were uh, talking about? It was climate uh, change, climate change. Weed. That's the best one. <laughs> climate oh, change, yeah. weed, saturated fat, of course, saturated fat. Yeah. Uh, Sudden adult death syndrome. Oh, wait, no, I think that was something else. Oh, that's weird. But anyway, now um, they're saying that there is something called post-pandemic stress disorder. Um, this was uh, an article in the Off Guardian uh, called Post-Pandemic Stress Disorder Seriously. Um, yeah, Yet and, to be recognized, Doug. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's, it's just, it is just another, and this, this article is actually pretty funny because it's, it's quite snarky. Um, but yeah, it, it basically is, is just another ploy, um, for them to let you, uh, you know, put aside your worries that the vaccines are causing people to drop dead because it's actually not that it's post-pandemic stress disorder that's causing heart problems, or it's because people have been smoking, uh, too much weed, or it's because of climate change, which probably makes the most sense. Climate change. Oh, because of saturated fat intake. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, yeah. Because apparently now children can also get heart attacks from consuming too much saturated fat. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's true. I'm sure that's, that's true. That's one of the recent ha headlines, anyway. That's just kids' favorite food. Well, yeah, because soda and candy is awesome for kids. <laughs> 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 All right. Sorry. I'll start being so snarky. Well, the Off Guardian um, uh, article is talking about an article that was in the Evening Standard, and it was uh, psychological therapist Mark Rayner and vascular surgeon Tahir Hussein, who are warning everybody about these uh, heart issues that are coming from post-pandemic stress disorder. Um, <clears throat> uh, and sorry, uh, Dr. Hussein says... Uh, he is already seeing a big increase in thrombotic-related vascular conditions in my practice. Far younger patients are being admitted and requiring surgical and medical intervention than prior to the pandemic. Huh. Hmm, and wonder what's causing that. that. Eh? Weird. It's funny that other stressful events in history haven't led to that sort of effect. Hmm. But yeah, I guess it makes sense. Give me a break. Yeah, it's definitely got nothing to do with the vaccines, folks. It's because you're stressed. You should start doing some yoga. Um, just, you know. Breathing. Chill out. Without yeah. a mask. Breathing without a mask. Well, don't do that. You'll catch the Omicrons. Yeah. Anyway. Get some sunlight. Go outside. Incidentally, I took a look on uh, Twitter. I went on there and just kind of uh, typed in to the search post-pandemic stress disorder. And every tweet I saw, I mean, it was hardly an extensive search or anything like that, but I probably looked through about 50 tweets and every single one was calling bullshit. Every one. <laughs> like all of them were just like, no, this is bullshit. There's no way. This is, this is so obviously not true. So people aren't buying it. 
good for them. Yeah. Common sense may be a flower that grows in everyone's garden. As the uh, as the <laughs> pile of doo doo starts to add up, people are like, "Wait a minute!" You know, <laughs> they take off their mask, smell the bullshit, people. Like that is just <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh i mean we get post pandemic stress disorder because we're like we're gonna talk about this week oh god we gotta talk about covid again still going on you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) well we could talk about vaccines or we could talk about masks Mm -hmm. or we could talk about Mm -hmm. lockdowns Mm -hmm. it's a huge variety of things about about. uh post pandemic stress disorder does are there any other symptoms besides heart attack or is that it uh, yeah, suicide and opioid drug overdose is also a side effect. <laughs> oh, you know that aren't being the numbers aren't being reported on that. Just so you. Know. Okay. Uh, I didn't see anything in the article that it just said dropping dead of a heart attack is the <laughs> the only symptom. <laughs> That's how you know you've got it. Yeah. Are you sure this isn't from the Babylon Bee? <laughs> yeah. Hard to believe it's not. Anywho, I think that's our show for today, folks. Unless you guys had anything you wanted to add. Well, there was one article that we might just want to mention kind of that goes along with Uh, this post-traumatic. Yeah, the spike protein increases heart attacks and destroys immune systems. And I I just, I do think that our listeners should read the article because it pretty much addresses what we were just talking about. (laughs) If you want to share Doug just a little the blurb from yeah, the uh there was um I mean the article is really good because it actually the guy sets it up as like a kind of a question and answer thing and he's it's like a, a a fictional um question and answer between a um COVID true believer and him just providing evidence against everything that they say. Um but one of the things he says right off the bat he uh quotes um a abstract to uh study that is in the journal Circulation, and it says, we conclude that mRNA vaccines dramatically increase inflammation on the endothelium and T-cell infiltration of cardiac muscle and may account for the observations of increased thrombosis, clotting, cardiomyopathy, a group of diseases that affect the heart muscle, and other vascular events following vaccination. Yeah, and he actually points out that it's, it's rare for a journal article to be that blunt yeah well it was it was dr stephen gundry right so dr stephen gundry he's a, he's a pretty well-known kind of uh doctor in um kind of the alternative medicine circles um he's published a couple of papers but he's not specifically a research scientist um he's well known for a book called um the plant paradox where he actually talks about the dangers of consuming certain plants. Um, so, so, so yeah, he, he is a little bit of a controversial figure anyway, you know, he, he's not afraid to speak his mind. And so they were correct that, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, holding back in the slightest. He says it exactly how it, how it is. Um, they, I mean, the, the, this new finding was, I mean, it was people going crazy for it on Twitter. Um, because it was like one of the first studies, which, you know, actually came out and said, well, here's the mechanism by mm-hmm. which it causes heart, heart attacks. We know this is exactly what happens. We see that, you know, after I remember reading the papers, very good paper. And I think he said, you know, anywhere from six to 
three months after the vaccine, you have this kind of um, this elevated acute inflammatory response and this T cell invasion and thing in the heart and through the vascular system, um, and 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 basically how it works and how it causes these problems, which we've been seeing looking at the statistics. You know, like we were talking about on one of the previous shows where um, you have uh, after vaccination, countries start vaccinating and all of a sudden they get, you know, increases in um, adolescent deaths, increases in young adult deaths, increases in myocarditis, increases in cardiovascular diseases. So um, it's it's kind of good to just, uh, I think, to verify what we already knew was going on, but explain, well, this is basically how it's happening and we have solid evidence that this is happening. It's one of the first of its kind because I think that ultimately a lot of scientists have been way too scared to publish something like that. You know, they're not studying it. Uh, if they are studying it, then it's shrouded in in really, you know, secretive language. And oftentimes, if you read the study, uh, honestly, it, it really annoys me. When you take the time to read these studies, they will find something like really, really severe and dangerous. And then they'll they'll fluff it up with something like, well, we found, a, you know, an 80% increase in vascular inflammation. However, uh, we must remember that vaccines are indispensable to our fight against the pandemic and we need and to the use... the benefits outweigh the risks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's the thing. That's a lot of these papers. The scientists either, you know, they're kind of forced to do it by their institutions. They, they want to get funding. They don't want to lose funding. So, you know, they they... They 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 fluff it up. Whereas, uh, fortunately, Gundry did not fluff it up whatsoever. He said it as it was. So um so yeah, whether anyone will actually pay attention to that or not, I I don't think I don't think necessarily will. Um, no. either way, no. it's good to see that there are there are research uh, doctors who are who are kind of speaking out against it and publishing evidence uh, to demonstrate what we knew was happening. Definitely. Incidentally, that article um, we were talking about, not the study itself, but the article, um, is on uh, un the UNS review, and it's called Research Game Changer, Spike Protein Increases Heart Attacks and Destroys Immune System. Very good article, worth reading. Um, but I think we are over our time here, so we should probably wrap it up for today. Um, yeah, thanks very much for joining us, everybody. Thanks to my host. Thank to, thanks to Damien. And be sure to like and subscribe, share, share amongst all your friends and family. And we will talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.